Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Koop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. We live in a world where if we can be mentored and mentor others, as I say this, I talk about it, remember that we should always be helping somebody else, and yet we should also be receiving somebody helping us. So really, this passing the baton, really, in any stage of life, you should be able to learn from others and teach others. But what we found missing as we help people, as we coach people, and, and, and just are speaking into people's lives, this how to be mentored isn't talked a lot about. You can go to school and nobody really teaches you how to be mentored. You can go to Bible school, they don't teach you how to be mentored per se. It's not something that's often talked about. So today we're going to break it down. What does it take to be mentored? What would I have to do for a mentor to want to mentor me? No matter what field it is. It may be in your personal life. It may be in your uh, spiritual walk. It may be in your Maybe in your career, it might be in your exercise program. So it could apply to a lot of different things, but let's go into it this morning, talk about how to be mentored. God encourages us to find the right mentors to help us through the various seasons and challenges of life. It is a need that we have. The Bible says God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ. One of the needs we have is for people to come into our lives who have been there before, been there, done that, and come along beside us and say, here's how I walked through that challenge. Here is how I made it past that. Here's how I got through that. You know, there's people today, you may be here and you're raising teenagers, you're going, oh my goodness, this is the toughest thing I've ever done. I got a 13-year-old, I got a 15-year-old, and this is really challenging. Well, guess what? There are people that have raised teenagers very well, and they could come alongside you and say, here's how we did it. Here's what we did. Or you may be a new mom, and you've got a little baby, and you go, oh, I just would love somebody. My mom is in another country. To have a mentor to help me through this season would be huge. You may be starting a business. You may have gone bankrupt. You say, oh, man, I've gone bankrupt. How do I get out of this? Guess what? God's helped others get out of it, and he could bring them into your life, and they could help walk you through it. Or you may be on a at a place in your spiritual life where you're saying, God, I need to grow to the next level. I think we always need spiritual mentors. And so God brings these people into our lives, but we have to think about it. We've got to be prepared for it. So here's a few points this morning. Number one, well, let me first give you Proverbs 24, 6. It's in your notes. By wise counsel, you will wage your own war. Now, I don't know what your war is today, but chances are you've got a battle going somewhere. If you don't have one going today, you will in a little while. Just hang in there, but you'll get one if you don't have one today. So that's the way of it. Welcome to life. And you have your own war. How do we win? In a multitude of counselors. Or we could say this morning, a multitude of mentors. People that come along and give you wisdom how to get through this. But I like the last part of this verse. In a multitude of counselors, there's what? Safety. Safety is huge. In the workplace, we have safety in the workplace. Cars, we make them safe. We want to make our family safe. We make our home safe. We put security, put alarms. We put a lot of stuff in. But God's saying what makes your life safe is a multitude of counselors. And as much as when we build our house or we get a car or whatever we're doing, we think, is it safe? Well, is your life safe this morning, let me ask you? Do you have mentors? Do you have counselors? Are we thinking about it? Are we, are we applying the wisdom of God on how to have great people speak into our lives. So here we go. Number one, fill in the blanks this morning, folks. I didn't fill them in for you. And you'll figure out in a little while as we get into the message why I didn't do it. So uh, if you like, fill in the blanks. Number one, and again, I'll say this because I had a lady come up to me one time. I hope she's not here. If you are, please forgive me because I've used your example many times. But she came up to me and she said, I am not in grade school. I don't need to fill in blanks anymore. So if you don't want to fill in blanks, that's totally up to you. But it does help you remember. Cool. Number one, prepare yourself. 
The word you want to write in there is prepare. To be mentored, you have to get yourself ready. Abraham Lincoln said, I will prepare myself and the opportunity will come. To have somebody speak into your life, to make yourself attractive to somebody, to mentor, you have to get yourself ready for that. When I go on a date, my wife gets herself ready. Woo, does she get ready. It's amazing. She's always amazing. But we're going on a date. We went on a cruise last summer, and the fun part of the cruise was going out for dinner. And, and uh, you know, it takes me a while to get my hair done. And, uh, <laughs> but Cheryl takes a little longer, but she prepares to go on the date. And she's very attractive. I can't wait to go on a date. But she prepares herself for that. Well, to be mentored, you have to prepare yourself that you're attractive. People want to mentor you. Well, how do I do that? Number one, pray about it. Okay, under that note, pray about it. This has to be a part of your prayer life. If you're not praying into this, it's not going to happen. No person is greater than their prayer life. And if you're looking for great people to come into your life and help mentor you to another place in business, another place in your physical health, family relationships, spiritual life, it has to be on your prayer list. If it's not on your prayer list, you're not going to get the God connection. You want God connection, supernatural appointments where people come into your life and they help get you to the next level. Pray about it. Next, lay down your ego. If you have a pride issue, if you've got an ego issue, and you don't want anybody to help you, it's not going to happen. God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. He says in 1 Peter 5, 5, young people, in a similar way, place yourselves under the authority of spiritual leaders. You have to be willing to submit. Furthermore, all of you must serve each other with humility God opposes the arrogant, but gives favor to the humble. And we want favor. We want to find favor with others. We want to find favor with somebody who says, hey, I'll give up my time. I'll give up my agenda. I'll, I'll give up some, even an investment. I'll invest into you so you can make it in whatever you are. I'll, you'll find favor. Favor is huge in being mentored. If you don't find favor, it's not going to happen. So lay down your ego, pray about it, and it'll open up the doors for it to happen. Uh, ask yourself a question. What do I want to learn? Write it down. This is stuff that's going to be very simple today. There's nothing going to go, ooh, that's really deep. Where did you get that in the Greek or the Hebrew? This is none of that. This is just really basic life stuff today. But here's what happens. If you don't write it down, they'll go to you and they'll say, well, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And if you can't give a clear answer on that, they can't help you reach where you want to go. For example, earlier service, Nathan was here from Studio 55, and a number of years ago I went to them, they had a program for me, and they sat me down, they said, Dave, what are your goals? What do you, where do you want to go? What's going to keep motivating you to come back? What's the thing that's going to drive you to discipline yourself, to go through the pain of exercise? Where do you want to be? And I kind of gave them this answer and stumbled around a bit, and they really challenged me, you're not clear enough on where you want to go. Until you get that clear, we actually can't help you. So let's think about this. And they really pulled on me to write down where I wanted to be. And it's the same thing. If you, have, if you want somebody to mentor you and help you get to another place, do Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Write the vision, make it play, that those who read it may run with it. That person can't come alongside you and help you unless you're really clear, this is where I want to go. A number of years ago when I was in the oil industry and I was working for this particular company and I was doing well site work and uh, well site engineering. And the fellow I worked with, he became my mentor. Uh, Terry was a great guy, an amazing mentor, a little crusty, a little quirky, 
uh, been in the oil industry for a long time, made a lot of money, didn't have to be there, just liked to do it. And there came a part in our life where I thought, I want to start my own oil company. But it's one thing to work for a company and to drill their wells, but it's a whole other thing, a whole other level to actually buy your own production. And, you know, for me, it was just like this quantum step. I was like, man, how do I do this? It's so complicated. How do I get there? How do I negotiate? All these things. And so I engaged Terry. I began asking Terry, how do I do this? Like, what's involved with it? And it, to me, it was kind of a mystery. Even though I was involved in the oil industry, that always was kind of behind a door. Nobody really shared how you got to that place unless you had lots and lots of money. But you know what Terry did? He sat down with me. He says, Dave, what do you want to do? Well, really, what is it? And as I explained it to him, Terry took time out of his schedule and he taught me. Here's how you do it, Dave. Here's how you go to the company. Here's how you negotiate. Here's what you ask for. Here's what you avoid. Here's what you want to come away with. Here's what you don't pay for. Here's what your lawyer should do. Folks, you can't get that in a textbook. That's somebody sitting down with me. And you know what? A year later, we had production. We wouldn't have had that if Terry hadn't come along and coached me and walked me through that. It's an amazing window of my life where we were able to take a quantum leap in our finances because somebody came along and mentored us. In that, though, we had to lay down our ego. We prayed about it, of course. Now, I'll put a point in here. Read in the field you want to learn, and if possible, books that your mentor would be reading. It's important to read, important to prepare yourself. There's a Chinese proverb. I don't know who said it, but it goes like this. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And as you prepare yourself, as you pray into it, guess what? A teacher's going to show up. A mentor will show up in your life. Yeah. Number two, ask for help. Again, very basic. But if we don't have the big ask, if we don't approach somebody and say, hey, could you help me? It's not going to take place. In doing that, we have to do our homework. That means checking out who is this person? What could they offer me? Are they, do they have character? Do they have ethics? Now, when it comes to a spiritual mentor, we just we assume that they would, but I think you should still check. If it's a business partner or if it's somebody else in another field, make sure that there's an ethical background before them. That is more important than performance. God considers character before performance, and if you're looking for somebody to mentor you, spare yourself some pain. Are you hearing this morning? Spare yourself some pain, put character before performance when you're looking for somebody to help speak in your life and mentor you. Are they ethical? Trust is very important in mentorship. Do they, do they believe in you? Do they believe in your goals? Do they, do, are, do they encourage you? Would they do that? What's their past track record? Basic stuff, but important in looking for a mentor. Now, I also put in here, be, be prepared for surprises. Often the best mentor for you is not the person you think it will be. You think, well, this is the person who's going to mentor me. They're going to have this qualification. They're going to have this experience and this profile. And then all of a sudden you bump into somebody. You go, oh, that's interesting. They're nice people. They seemed interested in me. And then God gives you this little nudge. No, that's your mentor. You go, what? Are you sure, God? And guess what? Trust God on this. He will bring people into your life to mentor you through the seasons of your life. And often they're not packaged the way you think. Many people have missed the great people God has for them in their life because they're looking for some star or some, some person they thought it's going to be like. And God brings somebody else along. And you go, wow, I'm learning from this individual. They're, they're mentoring me. So be prepared for that. And you will have different mentors in different seasons of your life. You'll have windows were there, and then they're gone. So, you know, one of the mistakes that I've made is that I've had a mentor in my life, 
And I thought, oh, this is going to go on. I mean, they're going to be in my life all the time. Naively, not realizing that that season is going to come to an end. And they're not going to be there anymore. And one of my regrets, folks, is that I didn't appreciate it. I didn't ask enough questions. I didn't draw out what I could have. And I took for, took or for granted the people that God had brought into my life. One of the people that mentored me was my father-in-law. My father-in-law was a very good businessman. He was the manager for Canadian Linen for Western Canada. He knew systems. He knew negotiations. He's one of the few people I knew that liked conflict. He actually enjoyed conflict. He liked negotiating with unions. If a plant wasn't working, they'd send him there. He'd get the unions involved. And the unions loved him. There was always a win-win. He had headhunters after him to come and leave his company to come work for them to just deal with unions. He was great at negotiating. I learned so much from him about systems, about all that. But he also transitioned from the workplace to pastoring. And I got to work with him. I transitioned from the workplace into pastoring. And I'd often phone him and say, Dad, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? And he would just encourage me. And he, he helped me. He mentored me. And it's, it's strange. When you have a mentor in your life, you, you remember the weirdest little things. And I carry stuff like this in my Bible still. This normally would have been thrown in the garbage. Nobody would have thought anything of it. But he passed me a note one day. It says, Dave, this is early on. Please mention the building offering at the close of the service. Thanks. It's a little note I carried in my Bible. You know why? Because it was the days of mentoring with him where he would just... This is mentoring. On the job training, he just passed me a note. Hey, here's what we do here. I was green. I didn't know how to do this, but he, he was training me, believing in me. You keep that kind of stuff. He sent another note that came to us when we were in the, working in this church together. It was just a little thank you note from somebody, but I still have it. I carried the back of my Bible. It says, Dave, good encouragement for us. We're on a team together. Thought, wow, I'm with him. That was huge. But today... If I dial his number, he doesn't answer. He's watching. He's in heaven. The window's gone. The season's gone. My regret is I probably didn't thank him enough. I didn't ask enough. You have these seasons where God brings a mentor into your life. And we really have to be sober, alert to realize, wow, this is somebody God has brought into my life for this season to help me grow to where God wants me to go. Number three, you have to build relationships. This is very simple, again, but if you want to have mentors in your life, it's about relationships. It's birthed in relationships. So be there, be active, and be engaged. I had a person come up after the service, the first service, and they said, you know what? I'm here from another country, and I'd like to have a mentor here. How would I get a mentor in the church? I've gone down to the Connect Room, and I've met there with James, and, and what else can I do to find a mentor here? I said, just do that point. Be active and engaged, and you'll find somebody to mentor you. He goes, well, where can I go? Saturday morning prayer, 8 o'clock. You want to be mentored? Come here. We pray in groups of three or four. Hang around Saturday morning. I've told so many young guys, if you want to be mentored, come to Saturday morning prayer. And, you know, you just kind of cut through. You find out who's serious and who isn't serious. It's not that hard to get up on Saturday morning and pray at 8 o'clock. It's not like it's 4 o'clock in the morning or anything. But you really find out who's serious or not. There is a commitment. There's a price to be paid to be mentored. You've got to be active. You've got to be engaged. If you want to be mentored in your place of work, let's say you're a, you're a professional of some kind and you want to be mentored. You want, to, you want to learn this trade, this craft. Well, you have to go to the conferences. You have to stay late. 
You've got to hang out with them. You've got to be where they are, active, engaged. And, and secondly, the next point is you have to serve with joy. This is Jesus' recipe for greatness. Serve? How do we serve? With joy. If you're there, you say, man, I want somebody to mentor me, but you look like you got baptized in pickle juice, or you slept upside down last night, and you just always got a sour face, you know? There's a certain pushback. I really don't want to be bothered with that, because you always look like you're upset, you're never happy, and when you're asked to do something, I really don't want to mentor that. But if you serve with joy, people are attracted to that. And really, that joy is the lubrication for mentoring. There's no joy in it. The mentor soon pulls back. I don't want to do this. You're not happy. But as soon as there's joy, it's like, yeah, let's go do it. Let's go work out, or let's do this project, or or let's walk in faith. Let's journey with the Lord. But if there's no joy, dries up real quick. You got to grease it. You know, the in the when I worked in the farm or even in the oil industry, we had to always grease the machinery. Lots of grease. Everyday grease. Everyday grease. And mentorship requires a lot of grease, a lot of joy for it to work. But when you grease it, something magical happens. That mentor says, yeah, let's go do it. Let me show you. You're happy. You're serving. I want to do it. There's a great little movie called Surf's Up. In this movie, young Cody wants to be mentored how to be a great, great surfer. And he ends up finding on this island this retired surfer who was famous named Z. And he wants Z to teach him how to surf. And he gets really upset with Z because Z has him doing all these other exercises. And he, he doesn't really get to learn how to get on the water until he captures that point. The movie says it better than I do. So watch this little quick clip about uh, Cody in Surf's Up. You'll enjoy this. Okay, so what's next? The board's done. What are we doing? The board's done? The board's done. Oh, well, uh, let's do some training. What do you say? Finally! Hey, can we get a shot? No, buddy, you gotta get a long shot, boys, all right? Hey, Z, come on! Hey! Where are you going? Oh, I thought you said we were gonna train. Not in the water. Jeez, what are you thinking? You wanna surf like uh, Big Z used to, right? Yeah. I've got some tests here to figure out your potential. Let's do it. No, 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 no. Put them on your eyes. Like this, yeah. Oh, my eye. Take it, Cody. Can we do some training, like, seriously, please? What are you please, talking please, about? Please. What do you think we're doing? We're acting like a bunch of nutjobs. That's what I think we're doing. Yeah, good. You're learning. Ah! And a big oh. set comes in. This is getting ridiculous. You having fun? I hate you. Big, you know, slow. Woohoo! And he does a flip over the top. All right, now you go. No joy, man. No joy. Fail. I'm starting to see it, man. Gee, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, well, this is that's great. Sorry, as long as we're all having fun, right? Yeah. Z, wake up. Wake up, Z. Z! Chance. Four, get up earlier in the morning. Three, two, oh. one. <laughs> that is fun. Oh, you're having fun, huh? I am. Yes, now I am. Oh. Oh, well then, Cody, <laughs> you passed. 
What? You did it! You're no. ready! Let's serve! Come on! See, don't play with me, see? We're serving! Yes! Okay. All right, that's great. There you go. If you want to be mentored, serve and serve with joy. It's a huge part of somebody being attracted to give into your life to help get you to the next level is when you serve with joy. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, 22 and 23 is there in your notes, but you know his, that being Timothy, proven character, that as a son with his father, he what? He served me, served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once. Paul mentored Timothy. Paul needed to put something into Timothy. Timothy served as a result of it. Paul sent him. He's a man I've invested into him. He served with me, so I'm going to send him. Huge part of being a, having somebody mentor you is to build this relationship Timing is important when you ask that person. Yeah, I threw this in there. Don't take it personal if they choose not to be your mentor. Move on. Oh, man, I asked that person. And I went to them. I said, oh, would you be my mentor? Would you help me? And they said, no, I'm sorry. I don't have time, blah, blah, blah. I'm not interested. If you take that personal, you're just going to stop right there. Don't quit. Ask somebody else. Keep praying. But God's going to bring somebody in your life to take you to the next level. Understand that mentors have quirks. Uh... Big Z here had quirks. Your mentor love quirks. They're, they're not perfect. They'll have their quirks. And if, you, if the quirks surprise you, you may quit. The mentors in my life had their quirks. quirks. My father-in-law had his own quirks. Uh, Terry had his quirks. People in my life, they've had quirks. But you've got to get past that to say, hey, I'm going to look for what they have that can strengthen me, the wisdom that they have that can speak into my life. Number four, uh, be committed to make an investment. So again, number one, Prepare yourself. Get yourself ready. Two, you have to do the big ask. Ask for some help. Three, build relationships. It'll come out of relationships. Relationships. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I read a lot of books. I got podcasts. I got video casts. I got DVDs and CDs. And I got my, I have 300 apps on mentoring. I don't really think I need anybody. Bless your heart. You missed it. No, 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 no. It's face to face. A book will not challenge you. A book's not going to say, did you do what I just asked you to do? Did you follow up on that? A book's not going to call you on your carpet. Podcast is not going to do that. We're losing something in our culture when we don't have this face-to-face -face interaction where we're, we're being mentored, the apprentice journeyman type of thing. We, and all this information and I encourage you, read books, listen to podcasts, do all that stuff. But let's not forget a key component that's worked throughout the centuries is walking side by side with somebody who knows more about that than you do and learning from them and working through all that stuff because they treat you sometimes and it kind of acts like sandpaper. It takes off the edges in your life. We need that. I think one of the things that's often missing in our Canadian culture is honor and respect. Back to honor. Honor God. Honor your parents. Ten times in the Bible, with the promise. Honor your wife. Guys, if we don't honor our wife, the Bible says our prayers aren't answered. That's sobering. Honor one another. Honor the widow. Honor the poor. Respect. It's such a key in being mentored. If there's no honor, respect doesn't happen. So... A big part of it is relationships and the honor. And with all the advancement of information we have, 
I think sometimes we have to take a step back and say, let's not forget what previous generations learned and the way they honored others because honor really will open doors for you. So, number four, be committed to make an investment. Jesus called his disciples when they were busy working to leave their nets and follow him. They were working. They were cleaning their nets. Working. Jesus comes along and says, hey, you've been fishers. You've been fishing for fish. I'll make you fishers of men. Leave your nets and come follow me. But what were they doing? Working. Followed him. He's talking about an investment. These young guys left their nets and followed him. Then we've got Elisha, who was busy working. Elijah comes along and throws his mantle on him. What is he saying? I'd like to give you what I have. I'm going to put it onto you so you can do what I've been doing. You can pass your mantle to another generation. He's passing it over to Elijah. But what's Elijah doing? He's working. Busy. Working. You know, God looks for busy people, working people. Mentors look for working people, busy people, active people. Well, I don't know, you know, I, I, I just kind of coast through life now. Kind of got it made, I got my apartment, I got a job, and, you know, I got my favorite coffee shop, I go skiing on the weekends, and I, I think I just want to coast now, you know, no. At Coastal, we don't coast, okay, just, just make that real clear. <laughs> we want to go to another level. If, if you want to have a mentor, if, you want to, if we want to grow to another level, if we want to aspire to the greatness that God's put inside of us, Folks, honestly, we have to shake off the Canadian lethargy, the Canadian apathy. If you live in this country, you have won one of the greatest lottery tickets in the world. You got to be born and live or came, immigrated into this country, and you have the privilege that many people around the world, probably 95% of the rest of the world, would, would love to take your place to be here. So far be it from us, and we think, I'm just going to kind of coast through life now, and I'm just going to take it easy instead of pressing myself and living by faith and saying, no, I'm going to press on and be a good steward of all that God's given to me and go to another level. Well, if I, if I have a, a mentor in my life and he really talks to me or she talks to me and challenges me, it's going to really take me out of my comfort zone. Exactly. That's the whole idea is to get you out of your comfort zone into the faith zone because you can't be in your comfort zone and the faith zone at the same time. So God wants to bring some of your life. Maybe today God needs to just come along and blow all the little twigs and feathers out of your nest so it's really prickly. So you can't stay in your little nest anymore. You have to get out of your nest like an eagle and fly to get to another level. If you're really comfortable where you are this morning, you don't think I need a mentor, I pray the Spirit of God blows upon your nest this week and it gets really prickly and you can't stay there anymore. He said, man, I wish I would have gone to church on Sunday. Now I'm needing a mentor. Man, I got I to gotta move forward. You're exactly where God wants you. We all need somebody in our life that speaks to us so we can grow forward. God's going to do this thing through relationships. And it won't just be Facebook, another book, a podcast. I'm telling you, it's going to be through people. It's through relationships. So we got to prepare ourselves, believe for it, pray for it, trust God for it. There's great things inside of you, destiny inside of you. Whether it be in your profession, whether it be in your family, whether it be your spiritual walk, God designed us to go from glory to glory. You're designed to live by faith. You're designed for greatness. And part of that is having other people who've done things greater than you come along and show you how to get there. Audrey Hepburn mentored Elizabeth Taylor. 
Joe Wider mentored Arnold Schwarzenegger. Warren Buffett mentored Catherine Graham, the president, chairman of Washington Post. Great people have great mentors. God wants you great. And for that, he's going to bring people into your life to mentor you, to take you there. But if we're going to receive that, we really have to step back and say, wait a minute, I have to prepare myself, do my part, so that I'm attractive to be mentored. One of the things is make an investment. Be ready to make an investment. Number five, practice last. The last shall be first. Good job. Last shall be first. This is a little acronym we'll use. It'll help us remember it. L stands for listen. If you want to be mentored, you have to be a good listener. That makes sense, right? If we don't listen, uh, it's not going to happen. Be teachable. Avoid the I know it all attitude. If somebody's helping you and they're mentoring you and they're speaking into your life and you come back with, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. You know what happens at that point for the mentor? They just turn off the tap. Because you know it all, there's no sense me telling you anymore. And what they shared, may, you may know it, but they may be just going somewhere to teach you more. They know you don't know it all. If you're being mentored by the piano teacher, you say, oh, yeah, I know that, I know that. Guess what? I say, okay, well, if you know it, then I'm not going to teach you anymore. It's up to the student to say, Instead of saying, I know this, to say, can you teach me? I know that part, but can you teach me the rest? It's this, this thing of listening, of, of drawing it out and saying, teach me, I want to learn. But if your attitude is, yep, yep, I know how to do that. Just get out of the way, old guy. I, I know how to do this. If that's the attitude, the mentor pushes back. Cody in that little movie, Surf's Up, he had a problem with that. They were going to make a surfboard. And he said to Big Z, he said, Big Z, get out of here. I know how to do this. And he had to take us. Now, wait a minute. Here's how we do it. Here's how we make the board. So a big part of being mentored is have that listening ability. Remember what James said? Listen, what? More than we speak, right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Such a key part of being mentored. Watch this little clip from Surf's Up on how Cody gets helped by his mentor, Z. Now, remember, the board's already inside there, see, somewhere. And what you're doing is you're trying to find it, you know, reveal it. Okay. okay. All right. Every carb counts. Why are you smiling? Don't smile. I'm not, I'm not smiling. I'm just, you know, I'm excited. This isn't like hacking a piece of ice. You know, it takes patience and finesse. All right already. I'm trying. Can you just give me the tools, please? Sheesh. All right, here, take it. Take okay. It. Go ahead. Thank you. Here we go. What are you doing? Yeah. Look, if you're going to do it, you do it right. All right, look, first of all, with the grain, with the grain, you see what I'm doing here? You let the tool do the work, you see? Just like you're riding a wave, you let the wave do the work. You don't fight the wave. You can't fight these big waves. <laughs> I love that. You can't fight these big waves with the wave. What's this attitude? It's like, oh, give it to me. That's when mentor has to kind of help that student work through it. So listening, so huge to being mentoring. Number two under this point is ask. Come prepared with specific questions. Here's an example. What would you do if you're in my shoes and you had to do it all over again? How would you do it? Have questions. 
Think about them. Write about before you get there. Ask questions to learn from their experience. Not just a quick fix to your problem. Look for wisdom to apply to your life. Proverbs 20, verse 5, one of my favorite verses. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. If you want to learn from somebody else, from your mentor, it is your responsibility to draw it from them. Have them uh, be able to speak into your situation. We had a gal who came to our church to work as an intern a number of years ago. We had a little office down here on, on where was it, on Dunsmuir or Melville. And uh, she came to work for us. And she was here for a couple of weeks. And I noticed that every day she got a little more sullen, a little more mopey. And uh, so, oh, well, you know, maybe that's just what she's going through. And it got mopier and mopier. And then one day we're on the way to the hospital to do a, a visitation. So I, I took her along for this visit. And as we're walking up to St. Paul's Hospital, she looks at me and she says, now we're finally doing it. And I thought, ooh, okay. I says, well, what are we doing exactly? She says, well, now you're finally mentoring me. I said, oh, okay, and, and I wasn't mentoring before. No, you weren't. And she was, I mean, this was a volcano that built up and it's just exploding on the sidewalk as we're going to St. Paul's. It's, you know, you ever have a conversation on the sidewalk, you hope nobody else is around to listen because she's really loud and vocal and she's upset with me. And she, you never, you never mentor me. You don't talk to me. You're not helping me. And, and I said, well, explain to me, what were you, how, how did you envision this internship working? She says, well, you're supposed to sit down with me. You're supposed to teach me. You're supposed to tell me all the things that you do as a pastor. You're supposed to explain all these things to me. And then I, I said, wait a minute. You've got this backwards. You, you've missed something. It's the role. And I gave her Proverbs 20 verse 5. It is your role to draw it out. It's in there, but your role as a mentor, you have to draw that out. If you don't draw it out, it's not going to come out. So you have to come with questions. You have to come prepared, and you have to draw it out. She said, oh. And she, the light went on. She said, I've been to Bible school for three years, but nobody ever taught me how to be mentored. They gave me information, so I went through my schooling. I went through Bible schooling. I always sat down. They spoke to me, and so I thought that's the only way to learn. I didn't realize in a mentorship thing that it was my responsibility to engage that mentor, come with questions, and draw out the wisdom, the understanding that I needed for my life. It changed. She did great after that, but that was just that one little moment, that one little switch to ask questions, to be prepared, and it changed the way she was mentored. S stands for speak up. In this acronym last, and uh, if their advice that they give you goes against the standard of God's word, you might want to diplomatically tell them so, especially if it's a, not a spiritual mentor. Maybe it's a work mentor. Maybe it's somebody in another field. And what you want to do is make sure that everything lines up with God's word. At the end of the day, keep your eye on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He is our greatest mentor. Amen? He's our light leader, our guide. He brings people into our life. But everything has to line up with our Lord and line up with his word. If it doesn't, then we want to put that to the side. You may have to diplomatically tell them and say, thank you for speaking into my life. I don't agree with that point, but that's my, my conviction or whatever. But you're diplomatic about it, but you need to say something. Then lastly, thank you. The T stands for thank you. To be mentored, listen. You need to ask questions, speak up when you need to, but thank you is important. Honor the one who helped you. Demonstrate you value their time and input they've been, they've been giving you. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great man. 
a gift, an honoring them. Say, thank you for spending time for me. You took your afternoon. You took a couple hours and you, you sat down, you helped me. Just a simple gift. This isn't a brownie point. This isn't a, you know, to suck up to them in some way. This is just sincerely thank you for spending time with me. That makes room for you. It, it wants them to come back and help you again. And as they're talking to you, as somebody's giving you advice, if they're speaking to your life, can I give you a hint this morning? Can I give you a point? When you listen, one of the key ways to listen, you're not listening unless you respond. In listening, you have to write some things down. So you, you take a note. That's why I left the blanks open for you today. You, you listen, you write it down. If I'm mentoring somebody and helping somebody and they don't take any notes, they don't, they're just, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. They're, they're telling me something. They're communicating back to me. What you said to me is not valuable enough for me to even write down or record. Take your iPhone, hit the record button, record the conversation. Do something, but retain it. I've talked with people and I've given such great, some things I know will work. And they go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Can you just pray for me? You just want me to zap you somehow, and all your problems are gone, but you don't want to do the hard work. Do some hard yards, and you're going to get there. No, no, I just, give me a Holy Ghost touch. <laughs> what is that? They have this myth that, you know, I know God can anoint, and, 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 and we, we believe that. We, we, we do. God can move by His Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But, folks, one of the, the greatest things you can do spiritually is use your brain. And sometimes Christians, especially charismatic Christians, check out there. Hello. No. Write it down. Learn. Write. Learn. Okay, what are you saying? Okay, I'm going to write this down. Take a note. Take a point. And you'll take it away. Go, yeah, I remembered that. It's very honoring to say, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to learn. I'm going to stay in tune the whole time. Even when you're sitting in church, stay tuned in the whole time. And I recognize you, could, you may look or not look like you are, but that's between you and God. But stay engaged. Learn. Pull. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be satisfied. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be satisfied, Jesus said. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be satisfied. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. I think part of our problem as Canadians, we're, we're not hungry enough. I mean, we just kind of, yeah, yeah, it's all pretty good. Put us in another country where we didn't have health care. We didn't have the jobs we have. We didn't have grocery stores full of stuff. Our hunger would be greater for, for learning. One of our challenges, just to shake off, like I mentioned earlier, this Canadian apathy and get hungry and grow in the environment that God's placed us in. God didn't place you in Vancouver so you could have this nice, easy life. Say, man, I live in the greatest city of the world. He placed you here to be a steward of it, to use it like the parable of the talents and multiply it, not hide it under the dirt and wait for him to come back. We've got way too many Christian Canadians that are doing that. And you will stand before God and you will give an account of what you did with your talents. I wanted the easy life. Well, then... Don't follow Christ. You want an easy life? This isn't the life to follow. Christian life is a life of servanthood, a life of sacrifice, a life of God. What have you given me? I must do everything I can, a hunger to grow 
and bring those people to my life to help me take me to the next level, whatever area you've called me to serve. And if I don't stop, we're not going to have communion. So there you go. Turn it off. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.